Religiosanity. Episode 59. Back with Pastor Andrew. And Peter Rinaldi. Woo! Yeah, so Peter, what kind of question do you have for Well, me? we're in the pre-apocalypse times. These are end <laughs> oh, days. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. And that's one thing I don't want to talk about. I think that okay. we are oversaturated <laughs> with politics and, yes. and, you know, election is coming and we are in a church and we should not be involved in politicking, yes. which means like uh, intervening in directly in election. That should not belong to us. But uh, selection of Supreme Court justices right. or other things... Uh, is an appropriate Ooh. for us to discuss. And it so, seems like I don't even remember in my lifetime there being this much talk of religion around a selection of a Supreme Court justice. Do you? Uh, well, yeah, I'm an import, <laughs> so I'm, I'm an imported uh, pastor, right. so you know, don't so ask definitely, me about definitely it. Definitely not you know, for you. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, the, almost everything you that's talked about with this woman is, is saturated in religion. Yes, yes. Yeah, saturated yeah. in what we think this fundamentalist, uh, uh, perhaps culty Catholic is uh, going I, to do to us. Fundamentalist, I would say yes. Uh, culty, maybe. Uh, it is... Um, uh, it is a charismatic stream within the Catholicism. Right. Uh, that came from the Pentecostal movements and all of that, that started now more than a century ago. It is a product of American religiosity. And when they maybe finally read the Acts of Apostles and they discovered that there are these uh, enthusiastic uh, phenomena like glossolalia, that means talking in tongues and, mm -hmm. and gift of spirit. And so they, like uh, many other cults, sects and heresies, uh, focused on just one issue, live that, make it touchstone or something larger than life and base their whole raison d'etre on yeah. that. You know, on that one particular thing, like gift of the Holy Spirit and its manifestations in Glossolalia and so on. And this went like a wildfire, uh, wild, wi it went like a wildfire uh, across America and then uh, from America got exported into elsewhere as well, Europe definitely much later also uh, but uh, and in roman catholicism it uh, found its expression as a charismatic movement because within the catholicism you cannot uh, make a way with uh, priests and uh, all the sacramental machinery so you know that that kept preserved and these extra things got uh, and magisterium of the church uh, and this extra dimension got uh, added to it and in this phenomenon it is called charismatic movement mm. within these uh, higher churches definitely within the uh, roman catholic church uh, so that's our background that that started somewhere in 70s uh, this specific one uh, she is part of and uh, you know it's it's 
on a fundamentalist side, you, you have some free-spirited uh, charismatics or Pentecostals also, but very, very few. Uh, generally, they are rather conservative, fundamentalistically oriented. Uh, I think I think that that it is not um, exag an exaggeration to feel a a worry when a a judge has this much investment in their life and a religion is, yes. the, is this is this is that unfair for instance if, if this was a uh, a, a, a muslim justice that was huh. seeped this much in a sect of islam that one can make some bowed criticisms about uh -huh. that would be concerning right it would be concerning to quite a lot of people i think yeah because Within uh, within the Islam, uh, it has its own uh, Islamic uh, take on justice, right. which is in Sharia law. Right, which which uh, the right wing is 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 just making up, up in things the arm, about. You, yeah. you know, yeah, and and uh, you, you know, and then again, it very much depends what school of Sharia law or Sharia tradition you want to follow. Uh, there, there are very liberal. Uh, Streams just like with any religion, right? Uh, I mean, and and then they are very conservative ones. Uh, and of course, we hear predominantly about those conservative uh, ones uh, associated, say, with Taliban and right. and different uh, highly uh, highly conservative sects of Islam. So, uh, but Sharia is simply the the way of. Uh, Islamic way of understanding justice. A better connection would be to to Judaism than yes, than, yeah. than to Christianity, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, and because they have their own parallel uh, understanding of justice and courts. But by the way, Presbyterians have their own uh, the Book of Order and they their their own uh, judicial processes. Uh, one third or one quarter now of Book of Order is dedicated how how judicial process should be uh, followed mm. within the Presbyterian Church, and mm. and there are courts, uh, ecclesiastical courts in in our denomination, and so on. So, you know, there is nothing uh, unusual about it. Right. Here it is different because I'm not aware of uh, these people of praise having their own. Uh, a judicial tradition uh, within uh, themselves. Of course, the Roman Catholicism does. Right. You know, it's the canonical law, and there are lawyers and 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 so on, and 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 interpreters of that. And uh, but but these uh, charismatics, I I don't think that they uh, they do that uh, or are that deeply involved with this. Uh, uh, what I found really interesting is that uh, they have uh, certain totalitarian tendencies also, uh, at least from what I heard and what I read about these people uh, of praise, uh, that they have their mentors or very, very strict uh, mentorship uh, and uh, they covenant in uh, to that community. Uh, so uh, you need to be admitted, and there is an uh, ritual of admission, uh, and, and, and so scary. on and so on. Uh, and again, and you know, different, mostly men. 
probably uh, all. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Actually, oh. the, the, those are uh, the families. Oh. Uh, that that makes it uh, different from uh, from orders, say religious orders, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, lay people predominantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you have different groups even among the liberals uh, for me for instance very uh, uh, orienting uh, after coming here to to, to America was uh, that group of loosely associated group of people uh, around uh, living the questions uh, Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan and uh, but there is a difference between, uh, say, people of praise and this kind of uh, organ- loose organization of people. And that is that uh, among the liberals, it's generally liberal. Yeah. Uh, it's not that tightly knit. Uh, you don't covenant in. You are not obliged of following certain doctrines and to participate in certain rituals or practices. Uh, while uh, discipline seems to be very, very strong among the people, uh, people of praise. Uh, mm-hmm. That not only the mentorship uh, they have or supervision, but discipline is uh, a strong thing there. Uh, just guessing from again what I, I heard and, and, and what I read and uh, what I extrapolate from other experiences with the similar groups. And together with this conservatism and desire to change the shape of uh, the society, how the society functions, makes it uh, somehow scary. I can imagine for that for secular people and and uh, for non-religious people especially that is scary. I, I have you know, under, broader understanding and I see parallels across the board uh, and, and, and so on. And I don't want to excuse them yeah. either because I see that as a dangerous and uh, especially if, if there are levels, uh, certain levels of indoctrination and uh, uh, that, that deep conviction about being right, mm-hmm. which comes very often with... Uh, with, with these cultish uh, movements. Um, is, it, is, it, is it fair to criticize her for, or to, or to examine critically her participation in that group or, or practicing in the way she does when she's going up for this job? Uh, absolutely. You know, and that's what we are doing here. Uh, we, we call this whole series Religiosanity. And that is that we, that's all built upon the premise that there is a way of talking about the religion and judging the religion. And what is really scary is that one part of our political leadership is going after her simply because she is religious. 
you know, or she is conservative, conservatively religious, and they go after her for that very reason. And the other part of our polarized political scene is saying, oh, you must not criticize her because uh, of her religion. That's illegitimate. Uh, it's a matter of her faith, and no one has the right of criticizing it. So you have here these two polarities. Uh, one is going right after her because of her religion, and the other one defending her because of her religion. And religion is not uh, untouchable. You know, you, you, you must not criticize it because th there is no way of criticizing it. And I don't believe that for a moment. Uh, I, I think that I would not be a theologian. <laughs> Uh, because there, that that that's my bread and butter, you know. That that's my daily bread, or whichever way you want to call it. Uh, that that's what theologians do, all the time. You know, they read other theologians, and they are making judgment about them, uh, and and they are uh, trying to perfect their own uh, ways of thinking about religion, and distilling it or perfecting it. Uh, so that, that's absolutely legitimate. Uh, and uh, so, but, but if you want to do it, you need to get a little deeper immersion. You need to get a little deeper understanding where they are coming from, what, what they represent, how they represent that. Uh, and that is something people, secular people and so on, they don't even want to do that. Right. And, and I find it, uh, there are few secular, uh, secular scholars uh, of religion uh, who are able. Unfortunately, in America, because of uh, not having enough of uh, religious education in schools, for instance, I think that there is a great lack of sophistication in these matters. People don't have scaffolding upon which to build it, you know, or they don't have uh, infrastructure of language, how to talk about religion, because the only place where they uh, talk about religion are their churches. And the only way they are being taught religion is through the Sunday schools or Bible classes or something like that of their own. So it is highly partisan, it is uh, highly invested, and uh, there are only some liberal uh, colleges, uh, liberal art colleges are offering uh, classes in uh, comparative religion and history of religion and, and, and so on and so forth, where it makes sense, you know, and those are the people who should be asked and, and brought into these discussions. They are there. There are not that many, unfortunately. I would say that Europe is better saturated with the, these resources than America. But in America, they are also as, among professors in, 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 in universities and schools. And they can be brought up to, to, to help uh, with this. And of course there are differences. I, I already touched upon it, you know. So the, these people of praise, for instance, they, they model themselves after the, 
uh, after the model of early church as they see it being transmitted to us through Acts of Apostles. So, uh, you know, that itself is highly fundamentalistic. My ancestors did this in 15th century under Hussites. That, that was the Hussite movement, which uh, built the whole city, Tabor, on those principles uh, of uh, uh, religious communism, almost, or communalism. Uh, and it collapsed within a relatively short time because they wanted to do it really thoroughly, so they shared all the resources, and very quickly it did not work because there was not enough infrastructure and understanding and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, the other thing is that early church, early Christians, this is just one prism of looking at it through Acts of Apostles. That is written by uh, Evangelist Luke. You know, Gospel of Luke and Acts of Apostles. Those are two volumes going together by one author. And it is his own take, an ideological mm -hmm. spin on early, early church. Through many other resources, uh, apostolic fathers, early church fathers, uh, those are all theologians writing in early centuries of, of Christian age. Uh, uh, we know that uh, early Christianity was much broader than what we have in early uh, in, in Acts of Apostles. So this will be my criticism. One thing is that you know if you want to model yourself on early Christians. <laughs> then uh, it, it probably needs to be broadened and, and uh, not seen just fundamentalistically through just one book mm -hmm. of the New Testament, mm -hmm. uh, contributing in uh, a writing of Apostle Paul without really understanding what is the true Paul and what are his disciples uh, mm -hmm. coming across or pretending being Paul mm -hmm. and, and, and so on. So that, that's another level to that. Uh, understanding the spin Luke is giving that early church mm -hmm. and then living it faithfully. That's, the, uh, that, that's yet another dimension of it. So, you know, it is incoherent to be these uh, who are insisting on uh, glossolalia, speaking in tongues, uh, you know, those angelic languages or ecstasy speech. Okay, uh, so insisting on it on one side and on the other side, having maybe uh, some uh, sharing of, of resources, but limiting it. And then not understanding that uh, in, in the writing of uh, Evangelist Luke, it might be much broader aspiration. And should Luke lived today, he might had completely different take on these things. And he might be an protagonist proponent, not detractor of 
universal health care, for instance. And I, I think that that is a very reasoned uh, argument to be made, just based upon understanding Lucan theology and Lucan social uh, un understanding of a society. With Luke transplanted into our days, he would see church going like our Rutgers church is going after universal insurance, mm -hmm. health insurance for everyone. Because you see all the pitfalls and dangers which it is bringing. And to a large extent dissociated from the religious stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that that'll be one area, and and really, you know, like immerse, uh, Im immersing yourself into these uh, theological discussions and 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 dissecting them, and and of course, it's absolutely appropriate to criticize religion, but it needs to be done thoughtfully, not just completely dismissing it. This is something I don't understand how she how she would be seemingly so balanced in the law and, and, and in the Constitution, and yet in her religious life to be so narrow-minded. Is, is, that, is that unfair? <laughs> uh, you, you know, you'll be surprised. In, in, in my very, very smart people tend to go for an, uh, fundamentalistic answers. Mm. Intellect does not necessarily translate into uh, broader and deeper philosophical or religious understanding. My experience is that uh, very often very clever, very bright people simply being faced with complexities of life and having a reasonable grasp of it have tendency of going after something secure and safe. And here is a tradition which is presented to them by centuries and centuries of authority and so they take it because otherwise they feel that they'll be completely swamped uh, in all the insecurities and uncertainties and, and, and difficulties of the complexity of the life and the world. And uh, so that is at least my uh, psychoanalysis or reli religio-analysis of some of the observations I made. Generally, people from the more technical way of thinking, like engineers and uh, mechanics or in, in, uh, physicists, they have tendency of going for these uh, uh, theologically more secure and easier answers. Mm than uh, people from humanities. Humanities, people in, in humanities are generally quite fine with uh, operating with so many uncertainties and ambiguities uh, of emotions and, and, and so on and so forth. 
uh, I know that the law is considered to be of humanities, but within the humanities, it is the most technocratic when you think about it, because here are the laws, here are the paragraphs, here, here is what is written, interpreted uh, within the context uh, of its framing or whichever way the philosophy you subscribe to, and you, here we go, voila. Uh, so uh, it is this kind of technocratic approach to life in law. And uh, what I'm hearing from those, uh, what I'm hearing from those hearings, I don't have time to follow it that closely, uh, there was this argument, I want to interpret the law as it was written. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's classical fundamentalistic answer. And that is that is really very nicely fitting what I just described. That's true. Yeah, you know, that it I, is... I believe they call it uh, originalism. Like yeah, that. it's it's but but generally it is like going to fundamentals. Yes, you know, interpreting right. it from fundamentals. So it is the part of fundamentalism. Yes. Yeah, you know, here it is, and and we interpret that. The, uh, doesn't matter what changed. Doesn't matter how the society has changed. Yeah. Doesn't matter who. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. What interpretations yeah. have come in to change and, and, and as a society, and, and even even with the, what what was the context in which it was written, yeah, and what might be the uh, or what might be the intention of those early uh, framers, or what might be the spirit upon which they were yeah. writing it, yeah, because the society changed, yes. But I think that the, the, the general direction, why it was written, might still be there and there might be need for it even mm -hmm. now. But simply with the shift of the society and its uh, shape and culture and technology and all of that, uh, it needs to be reframed, you know, or direction is still the same. But the words are not fitting always, or uh, and that, that that's the problem with fundamentalism, and we were talking about it, uh, you know, in in theology and philosophy, it is called hermeneutics, mm -hmm. and that is an interpretation of what was written before, mm -hmm. you know, and taking it across the ages. Mm -hmm. Uh, here we are not uh, taking it through that many ages, you know, with, with some sacred text. We are talking about centuries or uh, thousands of years, millennia. Uh, I, I think that last time we were talking about uh, uh, Gilgamesh yeah. or uh, Hammurabi uh, code. And... That is, uh, that is like 4,000 years ago. And there, uh, this hermeneutics uh, plays important role. You know, because we are not living in, in Bronze Age. And it is clear. But at the same time, very many of those laws we have uh, centuries later in the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. And many of those laws make very good sense until now. Yeah. And, yeah. and these uh, fun, the Christian fundamentalists, they should pay attention because there is, for instance, a marvelous, uh, uh, marvelous code of uh, year of jubilee 
<laughs> which means of yes. gi- the you know forgiving all the debts uh, regularly. Yeah, they don't. Want and to I think that we that were talking one, about it, and so yeah. that the, here we go, you know, or we talked. Uh, they, they, they should ask her about that. Yeah, yeah. What what about <laughs> the year of jubilee? You know, and it is a wow. definitely substantial part of the of the law of I would uh, of love Moses. To see what she would say to that. Uh, and and uh, that would be she would she would fry. She would she her brain would. Fry. Oh, she she would probably have some answer. You know, don't underestimate <laughs> the fundamentalists. They 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 always well, just uh, like just like I mean I'm not putting down the uh, uh the rabbis but but just as a rabbi would have a way out of any kind of mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. in the <laughs> any kind of insane oh, no, and, rule and, yeah, right? yeah yeah and <laughs> especially if the requirement is that you need to follow it strictly right uh that is the difference between uh, these literalist fun- slash fundamentalists and say people are like i am or those more liberal theologians who who say we need to look into the context in which it was written, what was the original intention, and how those original intentions translate into our time. And so, for instance, in our time, I don't think that... And frankly, there there were never times when there was uh, this uh, strictly observed year of Jubilee, you know, every certain period of time, seven years or seven, seven times seven years. Uh, periods uh, but we know that there were these uh, large broad forgi- periods of forgiveness of debts in Persian time for instance in Babylonian time it, it worked well within the context of their economy which was very different from ours it was uh, economy of temples and palaces, mm. uh, and and so they and needed people, to release the uh, they ne- needed to release the capital so right. that the society would again function. Right. And and these days it will find its way differently. So right. for for instance, everything is laid out all differently. Yeah. Yeah. Society is laid out differently. People live differently. They, they, yeah, yeah. yeah and an economy works differently. But for the, these days, it can be like release of all those who are burdened by the uh, student, student debt. Stu- student debt. Yeah. That'll be, for instance, marvelous example. Yes, and and recognizing that yes, there'll be losses on those who are uh, to whom it is being owed. Yeah. But uh, tremendous gains as well. But there'll be um, um, enormous release of energy within mm-hmm. the society when suddenly people who are heavily burdened by those debts will be released from it and could finally apply their creativity and and their minds into something they finally want to do rather than what they need to do so that they would pay back right. their debts right and uh, who knows what that where that would bring us yeah yes yeah so uh, you, you, you know you know this is exactly that kind of applied hermeneutics like reading the text understanding it within its own context yeah. and then translating it into uh, our new times yeah. and 
you know, year of jubilee is one example, and and you can go and and or looking at like we talked about that uh, early Christian community, as described in Acts of Apostles, mm-hmm. being a narrow view of that whole phenomena, and then understanding it and how to understand it within our own context, right. and what does it tell us that. Uh, you know, early church, early Orthodox church decided to have Acts of Apostles in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that there is within Catholicism and Christianity this very strong social justice impulse and commun- communalism, if not directly communism, this communalism understanding that people's value is not given by their wealth, for instance, by their possessions, and that the best way of community to to thriving and surviving is by sharing as widely as we can imagine. And not only within the bounds of, say, of that sect, Mm -hmm. but caring for the vulnerable around us, opening up the gates of grace uh, from just limiting it for my own people of praise group or my own Radgast church or my own Presbyterian denomination, but you know, recognizing that we have the broad responsibility and that we are advocating for social racial inclusion and care and and here suddenly when you take it this way you realize that the positions of these ultra conservative groupings are incoherent they don't hold together Mm -hmm. and it is legitimate to criticize them for that because they are Picking and choosing from those specific uh, from those specific texts, and only for themselves, without understanding broader context when it was written, and without applying it correctly to to the modern times. If this woman gets confirmed, and we're jumping ahead to a couple horrific scenarios happen the ACA is overturned, and then next year somehow she is the deciding person that overturns Roe versus Wade. And someone comes to you as a pastor and says, I'm, I'm leaving the church because look what, look, what, look what this religious person did to our lives. Look, and, and, and I, I can't be a part of this church. What do you say to that person? That would probably not be a church uh, person from our church because they would they they would know that we are not that church which will uh, okay. perpetuate or per- perpetuate. I'm amending the question. Someone who was who was about to join the church mm-hmm. said, "I'm not joining any church now because of this." Oh, they have right to do that. Yes, it's all right. You know, if if you can't if, blame if, them. if they if they cannot. Uh, 
if they cannot do what we were just talking about, uh, about discerning the differences between, say, fundamentalistic, cultish religi uh, religion and uh, the way we live our faith in, in our community, uh, I don't think that they are ready for, 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 for being part of, of this community. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 you know, good answer, so, good answer. so that, 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 that would be my, uh, my way about it. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, I, I, I think that we'll simply, we'll live with that. Yeah. You, you know, first of all, I, I, I understand the alarm of so many people about this. Yeah. I, I'm worried as well. But maybe these uh, charismatic and uh, these charismatic and their uh, uh, Pentecostal siblings, they need to discredit themselves finally, mm. you know, because certain streams within, uh, say, Roman Catholicism, like Opus Dei and other things, they are thoroughly discredited. Not necessarily in America, where not that many people know about it, or some might like it, or whatever. But but in Europe, uh, you know, by their association with Francisco Franco and the fascist movements, yeah. they got discredited, you know, almost thoroughly. Mm -hmm. Only really specific type of people, really uh, ugly, would be attracted to it. Like William Barr, right? You know, and you're saying a similar thing could happen here, and and so and 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 Pentecostals, Pentecostals, and uh, these Charismatics, they were always flying above it, even though they have similar intentions mm. or similar goals. They were flying above it because partly they are younger, and partly they did not get. Uh, uh, they did not get um, lumped in with it, uh, discredited. They yeah. did not get discredited uh, through the history and through their ugly associations with uh, really uh, despicable uh, political movements yeah. or events uh, in the history. So they, they are playing, and we see it now in Congress, they are still playing like we are innocent, we are fine, yeah. and, and so on. And, and, you know, that this might be a make-up call and, and, you know, clear, or we might be surprised. You know, I, I probably, I, 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 don't, I don't want to risk it. If I had a chance, yeah. I would try to stop it and everything. But if it is not being stopped, most likely they'll get discredited. Yeah. And more thoroughly than just these, uh, yeah. uh, you, you, you know, allegations like uh, like we are hearing right now. Right. I, I think uh, I, I think I believe you, and I want to believe that because I really do honestly believe that this country is more liberal than mm -hmm. we think. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. And and yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, this is within Roman Catholicism. This is like an old Jesuit. Uh, Contra-Reformation movements. Yeah. There is a long tradition within uh, Catholicism or Christianity, and that is this kind of fundamentalism. And, uh, and not only fundamentalism, because these guys have 
desire to legislate for others. Yeah. They have a desire to control others. Right. Through the law, through the power. Right. And they have their ways of getting that power. Yeah. By largely illegitimate ways, partly by compromising themselves and partly by intriguing behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing all of that right now. And that that is scary, you know, but I think that there is hardly any chance in in American society that they would be that, that would take hold that yeah. they would be strongly successful right you know maybe for a moment or um, right but eventually the society will repudiate that you know I I don't see clerofascism yeah uh, taking hold here yeah yeah because it's, it's a loosely associated uh, religious uh, right uh, in between. Even Opus Dei and these charismatics, frankly, you know, they see themselves like going after similar goals. Mm -hmm. But I would doubt that they would love one another. Yeah. You know, they are going for similar goals. They can support one another for a while. They can recognize their proximity. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't think that they, they would really uh, be that close. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a small bit of optimism that I want to hold on to. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time.